Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a mathematical model and sideline that will predict the probability that a team wins a baseball game. It will predict probability team covers the run line, covers the reverse run line, predict totals, all sorts of goodies. You'll hear more about that during the course of the episode here. Set to cover four Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, June 17th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's slash new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections and picks on every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Cost of that under $1 per day. Get all sorts of picks, insight, thresholds to play games, uh, all sorts of goodies over there on that Dub Club, including access to our Discord chat. Again, under $1 per day. Link in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion this show projects a typical game. does not try to forecast it to a T. That would be a foolish and impossible goal. And again, the way I like to think about it here is we are talking about probabilities. I have no idea what's going to happen in any one single game. I'm not trying to predict what's going to happen in one single game. What I'm trying to do is suggest the prices that make for good long-term plays. If I knew what was going to happen in any individual game, the price wouldn't matter. But of course, we all know that's not uh, realistic. And so we're talking about probabilities here. Uh, we're going to nail one of these games to a T. We're going to miss one of them drastically. But again, it's not about how the game individually plays out. It's about the totality of picks. That's showing the value that we provide here. And that's how we analyze our picks is using these probabilities to find what good prices are. And we'll kind of talk about that today. That's how I grade the picks as well. In other words, please understand good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable every single day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Cousin Jared, do uh, do you want to share with the people why we're getting you for a Saturday show rather than the traditional Thursday show? Or do you want to just leave that as a mystery for the viewer? We'll leave it as as a mystery, kind of. Uh, we'll just say changes. Things are things are changing, trying to like reevaluate everything and having to kind of adjust on the fly, similar to maybe what you're having to do uh, in your life uh, right now, maybe completely different reasons, but uh, somewhat similar things. So yeah, just changes going on at the Cousin Jared household. And yeah, that's why you're seeing me right now. When you're going to see me in the future, who can say for sure, but hopefully more. Hopefully more. Hopefully more. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ch changes all around. Uh, again, you know, the one constant in life, I wake up every morning and I hit run on the model and, uh, you know, we get predictions. Uh, as people had asked me uh, on the Discord, like, what does the running the model entail? And I'm, I'm definitely going to leave that as a mystery, too. Uh, it, it's, it's mysterious how that process happens, right? Uh, it's obviously yeah. not, but it's more fun to think of it that way. Yes. Um, we got a good Saturday slate here to talk about. But before we get to that, some reminders, please hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content. This channel provides away. I scale my picks. A grade, money down plays, return four units. That is the risk plus win equals four. B grades, return three. C, return two. It's like flat betting, but a little bit more advanced and scaling so that we have more on the more valuable long. The scaling in with the picks. Take what you like and leave the rest. Going to start off here, 4.10 p.m. Eastern, Rockies and the Braves. Got a bunch of games in this time slot here. It should be a relatively warm day in Atlanta. We're talking uh, mid-80s to start, around 80 degrees to finish. But the wind will be blowing in. 
And so that's going to basically kind of treat it more as a neutral type park there in Atlanta. Connor Siebold and Bryce Elder, obviously Bryce Elder, a much better pitcher than Connor Siebold. Underlying metrics for both suggest they should be a little bit worse, but Elder's been fantastic. Siebold's been mediocre to start with and probably pretty lucky to have an ERA where it is considering he pitches half his games in Coors Field. Uh, obviously, the Braves are really good. The Rockies aren't. I don't really think it's too much more complicated than that. The reason we have the models to tell us at what price we should play it. Sideline says the Braves win this 76% of the time. The correct price is minus 318. Minus 279 or better would be an A grade. We're going to play it at minus 280. It's like a B plus pick. Mm. It's just at the threshold of an A. And we're going to go under 10 as well. Model says nine. This is an interesting case here. I've been running the run line model and it's been playing out exactly as I kind of thought here. I kind of, I kind of feel like I made a bit of a boo-boo on Friday playing the Braves as money line favorites, knowing that I also kind of like the over because the run line price wasn't out yet. When the run line price comes out, of course, I like the run line price a lot more, which is what I was saying. If you like a favorite and you think high scoring games, play the run line. The reason I'm not looking run line here in Atlanta, even though this is a really steep price, is because I don't like the over. I like the under. If you like the over, definitely play Braves run line. But my hunch is when the run line comes out, the value on it won't really be there because I think there's going to be less runs than expected. Again, both these pitchers project to be a little bit worse than their ERAs, but uh, that wind blowing in should help keep the ball in the ballpark. I do believe in Bryce Elder and this relief core here for the Braves to keep the Rockies down. This feels more like a 5-3 game than 7-4. to four. Cousin Jared, what do you think? I like the under 10 here as well. I, I think I'm probably a little bit higher on Elder than than most people are. The other thing I would say is you mentioned it's going to be warm, but the wind's going to be blowing in. I feel like this uh, total is priced where, where you know maybe they're saying there's no wind or the wind's blowing out a little bit. I think it's just a smidge too high. And then, of course, you've always got the factor of the Rockies on the road, which yep. is uh, never exactly good for runs. And so uh, I like the under 10 here. I think I like that a little bit more than I like the Braves. Yeah, and it's a good reminder, too, obviously, uh, for our dub clubbers there. Uh, I run a morning update, re-pull the weather data back in as it gets closer to game time. We're uh, At this point, because it's a day game, uh, about 23 hours from first pitch is recording right now. So we have a decent idea on the weather. But if we wake up in the weather and the wind looks like it's blowing across uh, versus blowing in, that could really change the projected total. So that's just something, that, you know, a service I provide there to update. If the wind stays like it is blowing in, 10 is very high. And so uh, for whatever reason, like you said, it's almost like they're seeing a little bit something that I, different than I am uh, looking at the weather data. But, uh, you know, warm day, if it was blowing out, you would think runs yeah. galore in that part. Because yeah. we've seen that in the summer. A hot day, wind blowing out, Atlanta plays really small. Yeah. Uh, yep. But when blowing in, it kind of plays pretty neutral. I'm like you. I believe in Bryce Elder. Uh, you know, there's something to be said for he is getting hit a little bit hard, but it seems like the balls get hit hard in the ground. And obviously, as yeah. Astros fans, we're very used to seeing Fromber Valdez. That's kind of what Fromber did his first yeah. couple of years. He started breaking out, was guys were hitting it hard on the ground, and then he got better and better, and they started hitting it not as hard on the ground. He became yeah. all of a sudden now potentially one of the best pitchers in baseball, potentially the best healthy pitcher in baseball right now. Uh, but when he started breaking out, that's what he did. The same thing Bryce Elder did was just get ground ball. Balls, didn't matter if they hit it hard yeah. and uh, it gets you out of a lot of jams because you get a lot of double play balls uh, and ground balls just turn into outs more than fly balls, which sometimes turn into doubles and home runs. Ground balls yeah. uh, uh, very rarely uh, leave the yard as home runs. Uh, it's not impossible to you know have it inside the parker, I guess, but um, you, get, you get the ball hit on the ground. You're not going to give up home runs. So I'm, yeah. I'm like, you, yeah, I believe in elder uh, Jared because Jared, you like the under 10. Uh, I'm sold the Braves here. It's almost a great threshold. Again, this is one where, um, I'm not I'm not liking the run line as much 
I think just lay the odds. It's not sexy, but slow and steady. We're going to do well in this one. I think the Braves have a pretty big edge here at every position on the field. Also at 4, 10 p.m. Eastern Pirates at the Brewers. Uh, earmark this one for you, Cousin Jerry, because I, I knew you wanted to talk yeah. about our boy Mitch Keller here. Uh, pitched well again his last time out. Been pretty good to us all season long. Every bit as good as that 341 ERA. He'll be facing Wade Miley for the Brewers, a lefty who's coming back off the IL. 367 ERA, but the underlying metrics on him this season say his ERA should be more in the fives. I think that's why we're getting really good value here on the Pirates. People are looking at these pitchers saying that Wade Miley might be close to as good as Mitch Keller, even in the same ballpark. I don't think it's even close. Uh, Mitch Keller is the much better pitcher. Otherwise, these two teams are about the same. Both of them have okay relievers. Uh, both of them offensively, you know, struggling, injured, not what we, you know, not what they're hoping to be in a very mediocre NL Central. The only difference in this game is the starting pitcher. That's the thing to talk about here. So we're going with the Pirates here at minus 105. A grade pick model says they win 54% of the time. The correct price should be minus 118. And that the road pirates are an A grade at minus 107 or better. We're going to pass on the total model projects 8.4, actual totals 8.5. Really nice day in Milwaukee. Good chance they open up the roof here. Uh, we're talking low 70s for this one. Uh, but again, cousin Jared, this one's for you, our, our boy Mitch Keller. I don't even feel like I need to say anything. I feel like this is the most stereotypical play that we could possibly make because it has my two favorite things, one of them being Mitch Keller and the other thing being a huge starting pitching discrepancy. You know, I, I feel like I've mentioned, I don't know how many times this year where I come on here and like to see one of the first things I do is say, hey, where's the biggest starting pitching discrepancy on the board tonight? And this is definitely falling into that category. I think Mitch Keller's not getting enough respect here. Uh, he's had, I think, maybe one bad, bad outing this whole season. Other than that, he's been unbelievably solid. I mean, he's all the way down to an 83 in, in your, uh, your pitcher ratings. And the thought of a, the Pittsburgh pirates having a starting pitcher rated an 83. I mean, it's just seems crazy, but anyway, I feel like you could just like cut any section that I've talked about Mitch Keller this whole season and insert it here. And it would make sense. So yeah, of course I'm back in Mitch Keller for sure. Love the pirates. We could be, but you probably splice like four or five different segments like that together yes. and make it like a cohesive thing and just, yes, just run that autoplay every time Mitch Keller's up. He's still not getting the re respect he deserves. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't quite understand why. I, you know, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Pirates, again, uh, frisky brewers, just not good. Uh, I'm not saying the Pirates are great, but you know, that NL Central, all these teams are kind of mediocre when they're all playing each yeah. other. It's like anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you like you said, you got to look at the starting pitchers. Uh, if you think Wade Miley's good, I mean, that's cool. That's your opinion, I guess. I just have no faith in him personally. Um, if he, you know, throws a gem, that's going to be what keeps the Brewers in this game. But when I look under the hood, when you look at him historically, he's always been a guy who can eat innings and can have a few decent starts, but he's not on the same level as Mitch Keller, who against a subpar Brewers offense should be able to dominate. Because, um, Jared, I, I think, you know, I'm curious now, uh, maybe put this in your hopper uh, or, or maybe you'll have to share with our discord. Uh, what are the other favorite things you like with, with regards to betting? Cause I mean, if you, if you named Mitch mm. Keller and starting pitcher discrepancies, I want to know what the rest of the list is. I'm sure the viewer does too. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you simmer on that a little bit. Oh, I don't need to simmer on it. Uh, no. Over in Cincinnati in the summer and over on Kansas City in the summer. Like those are definitely the two that I look at. And we're actually going to talk about one more that I really love here. Uh, I think maybe the next game that we talk about, uh, okay. because it has, kind of worked its way into that conversation. What about an under, an under in San Diego for me is personally, but I don't know if you have that same affinity or not. I, well, of course I, ha I have an affinity for an under in San Diego, but there's another place that we're going to talk there's about. There's another place. I also another like place. unders. All yeah. right. Well, let's get to it. Another afternoon game here, 4, 10 PM Eastern White Sox 
at the Mariners projecting the roof closed on this one, a very pitcher friendly ballpark as cousin Jared was just alluding to Lucas Giolito and Logan Gilbert, an interesting case here where Giolito's had the better results this year, but the underlying metrics suggest that Gilbert's been the much better pitcher. That's what the historical data would say as well. I think the Mariners have a pretty big starting pitching edge. They are now ranked once they've got, uh, I believe it was Munoz, Munoz, uh, healthy now or back at the, I believe top bullpen in my projection system. Uh, Mariners offense again, nothing special, but neither is the White Sox offense. I think the Logan Gilbert's the much better pitcher in this game. And that's why the home Mariners, according to sideline should be favored by a price of minus minus one sixty two. anything minus minus one forty seven or better is an a grade. So we're on the Mariners at minus one forty two is an a grade and the under seven and a half model projects seven cousin Jared, take it away. Love the under seven and a half here. You mentioned Munoz coming back. Mariners having one of the best bullpens in baseball. I, I, Logan Gilbert, I, I think he's he's very, very good. Like you said, uh, uh, I talked last week, and I'm blanking on the name now. I think it was a Rangers pitcher or something, or an Angels pitcher, right? Reed Detmers. So we talked about last week where the results just hadn't matched the, matched the underlying metrics. And I think that Gilbert is definitely one of those guys this year as well. I think he's been really good. And you, you mentioned the Mariners' offense is nothing to write home about. Uh, they've been a little worse than that, so <laughs> – so far this year uh, took a long time to, to get going. So uh, I just have a lot of faith in Gilbert and I have no faith in the Mariners offense. You mentioned this park is one of the most pitcher friendly parks in baseball. I feel like the unders in Seattle have been very good to us so far this year. So I want to keep that train rolling. I love the under seven and a half. I think this is a, a great time of year. Once we get into June and July to really take a stand as a sports better on this guy is better than his results have been. This guy is worse than his results have been because early on in the season, uh, I think the strength of the model is, you know, understanding how the teams fit together and who's good and who's not good by this point of the season. I think the strength in the model is that right there where we can look at it and say, there's been enough, there's been enough data early on. There's not enough data where people just kind of revert to preseason projections. Right. But at this point, there's been enough data where people are starting to really look at how people have performed this year. And I think this is a great case of that in Logan Gilbert, where I think there's value in both the Mariners and the under, if you want to put those together, of course, White Sox team total under, I think would be a great investment as well, because I think people are looking at Logan Gilbert, looking at his 438 ERA and saying, Oh, he's taken a step back this year. I don't think it's accurate at all. When you look at the underlying metrics this year, everything looks great. He's actually performed better this year than his projection is going forward. It's just the results haven't been there. It's just that sequencing thing. We always talk about, you know, if you go out there one start and you give up nine hits over eight innings and you might not give up a single run, you give up nine hits in eight innings, but they all bunch together in one inning, you might give up seven. Right. And so it's just one of those sequencing type things for him that's been unlucky. Uh, but I think it's a great time to take a stand and say, hey, Logan Gilbert is still a really good pitcher. And if and and if the books aren't going to treat that way, if the market's not going to treat it that way, I think you're going to find value here backing him, backing the Mariners under and especially at home or like we said, a White Sox team total under. I think there's a lot of great ways to look at this by saying. I can understand that Gilbert's a better pitcher. And this Mariners bullpen has been a little bit of a disappointment getting healthy now. I still believe in them as well. So kind of taking a stance uh, saying, I know we have two and a half months of data, but some of that data is great data to use. And some of it's a little misleading. And I think if you look at the Mariners pitching stats, Gilbert's pitching stats, I think it's a little bit misleading. Kind of similar story here in the in the nightcap, uh, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern Guardians at the Diamondbacks projecting the roof closed in Arizona. Shane Bieber and Tommy Henry, 
Obviously, Tommy Henry's not good. I don't have to tell you that. 486 ERA advanced metrics say it should be a little bit worse. Shane Bieber, though, a really good start last time out against the Astros. That was on the heels of the longest game of the season, though, an Astros game that went like 14 innings or something crazy uh, the night before, and that was an earlier start time than usual. So he had a good start, and, and I don't want to take anything away from him, but the hitters he was facing were – you know, probably still half asleep from the night before. Uh, B percent of like metrics this year, not very good. And that's part of the reason why I think the Diamondbacks make a little bit of sense. You're going to play them at plus 115, a grade pick. Model says that it should be Diamondbacks minus 114. They should be the home favorite instead of the home underdog. A grade price is minus 103 or better. And I'm going to take the under nine as well. Model projects 8.5. Part of the reason for the Diamondbacks in the under, and if you want to put them together and, uh, take the guardians team total under obviously the guardians offense not very good but the other interesting fact they are extremely left-hand heavy not that i think a left-hander in tommy henry is going to have a ton of success but i think where henry gets in trouble is facing competent offenses and i would not call this guardians team against a left-handed pitcher competent no. i think no. i think against a righty they could be okay at least because yeah. they've got so many lefties but against the lefty it is not set up well for them i'm on the d-backs i'm on the under because jared what do you got I love the under actually. I, okay. Here's what I'll, here's what I'm going to say. So this is one of those where I say, I look at starting pitcher discrepancies and, and I see, you know, so who, whoever this guy is starting for the diamondbacks. And I'm like, there's no way you're not, you know, pulling the wool over my eyes on this one, but people, this is why you come to the show. This is why you uh, have access to dub club. This is why you look at the professor's projections because with the naked eye, this is something, there's no way that I would play this. Uh, but then you hear about how bad the guardians offense is against lefties. And you say, Hey, that's something that I need to, to exploit. So really I have nothing to say here aside from, the model says that the Diamondbacks are, are a good play and that the Guardians are terrible against lefties. And so I think it's an investment that you need to make. But I think this game is a perfect example of why you come here and listen to the professor and, you know, look at all of his projections and everything, because this is one of those that truly it does not. You know, we've talked about a lot of things today that have been obvious. This one, not obvious. And, and so yeah. I think that, you know, this is this is why you come here. Yeah, that's a great point uh, that you make. This is not an obvious one. A lot of times you would look at this and you would say, hey, Shane Bieber, short favorite against a guy like Tommy Henry. And you'd say, sure, yep. I'm going to lay it yep. with the Guardians. But uh, like we talked about, just and that's why I try to give all the information out. I give all of the everything I've got uh, in some format to our dub clubbers. And if I'm not giving it out, it's because I don't think it's great information. But if people want it, I give out whatever I want to, to our people over there. So again, if you're not there, sign up. That link's in the show description. And, and one of the elements is the Guardians are very left-handed heavy. That means they project to not do well against lefties. And because, uh, Jody, you and I were talking about this before the show, the difference between Bieber and Henry is actually about the same as the offensive projections versus that handed starter between these two teams also. So it kind of balances mm -hmm. out. And that's also why we like the under in that, yes, you have a terrible pitcher for the Diamondbacks, but you also have a terrible offense against the lefty for the Guardians. Yep. You have a decent offense for the Diamondbacks, but a good pitcher in Shane Bieber. Uh, I don't I don't want to say Bieber's not good anymore. I just think that he's not the old Shane Bieber. His velocity's down. Uh, this Diamondbacks offense is really good. I think there's value on the Diamondbacks. I think they can win. I think nine. It's just a scotch too high. So we got a, a great play on the snakes here and an under to wrap us up late night there Saturday night. Cousin Jared, do you have any parting words for the viewer? Since you talked about, you know, your root canal and flossing your teeth, I think I've flossed my teeth every day except like three nights. And so I think I've missed three days in the past, I don't know, four to six weeks, however long it's been. Uh, but just know I took that to heart and I have been doing a much better job of flossing my teeth. 
I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Hopefully you viewer as well, that root canal was terrible. So if you missed the story, root canals are awful. Floss your teeth. That's the most important thing you can do before you go to bed every night, floss your teeth, people. And you can avoid the pain that I had to go through because it was terrible. And I feel like this is one of those things where this stuff should get better as time goes along. And I'm sure the crown is better and it's more likely mm -hmm. to hold up or whatever but mm -hmm. they haven't figured out how to solve the pain aspect of it apparently mm, we're yep, still yep. working on that i had like 19 shots of you know pain relief or whatever and the whole thing and yeah. i was still like screaming like a little girl it was terrible uh, <laughs> all right so yeah floss your teeth people uh all right well thanks for tuning into this episode of fakes with the professor with apparently some good life advice as well um yeah. don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided this channel is dropped right into your feed i will be back again next week with more baseball betting content but until then as always best of luck and remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money